Welcome back to the Gritty Men Podcast. I am John Riggs, your host, and we are here to equip, inspire, and encourage God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Today on the podcast, I want to discuss with you how we as Christian men overcome and face temptation. The Bible has given us lots of information on how we can be overcomers in the areas of temptation in our lives, how we can walk and live in victory. Um, There actually is a pattern that the enemy uses over and over uh, in relation to temptation. And not only that, the Bible tells us there's a life cycle to temptation. And when it's fully grown, it gives birth to death, not to life. And so we want to be men of God who live life abundantly. And we know that the reality is we're going to face temptation in our life. So how do we overcome this? Well, let's learn together what the Bible teaches about this. Now, you realize that on this podcast, we are Christ-centric. That's what this is about. Jesus Christ, he is the reason for this entire podcast. Um, And it is to equip men and to inspire men and to encourage men to live their life focused and centered on Jesus Christ, who is our King, and He is our Redeemer. And so we're going to go and spend time today in the Word of God and learn how we can overcome temptation when it comes in our life. And I'm telling you when it comes, because it will come The reality is, though, we do not have to give in to temptation, but we actually have been given tools on how we can overcome temptation when it comes in our life. And so in James chapter 1, that's where we're going to spend our time together in this podcast, James chapter 1, and I want to begin reading with you in uh, verses 12, and we're going to read through verse 16. James writes, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Listen, guys, we are going to be tested. Some of the testing that we will experience, not only today, but throughout our lives, is going to be the testing of temptation. The enemy will come, and he will, uh, he will tempt us. And not only that, we have our flesh, and we know that our flesh desires what? It's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are all natural to the the old man, the flesh of what we still have. We've been regenerated, we're new in Christ, but we will still battle the old man as long as we live on this earth. And James just says, very important we understand this, that there is a reward that's coming. And we are going to be tested, but we're going to stand these tests, and we're going to stand strong in these tests. But there's a crown of life that Christ himself, guys, is going to give to each one of us. And he's promised that he'll do this. And he continues and says this. Now he moves right into temptation as he's talking about testing. Well, part of the testing we're going to receive, this is not from God. This isn't testing from God. This is allowed in our life, but this testing is not from God. Listen to what James says. He says, when tempted, you will be tempted, but when it happens, no one should say this that God is tempting me. Here's the reason. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. 
Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Here's the life cycle. Number one, they're dragged away first by their evil desires and they're enticed. Number two, after the desire has conceived from being enticed, there's a desire. After it's conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Paul, I mean, the writer here, James, says, don't be deceived. Men, we do not want to be deceived. And let me tell you something. The enemy, he is the deceiver, and he wants to deceive you. But he has a cycle of a pattern that he will use, and he's used it all the way from Genesis all the way to this present time. It's the same pattern that he brings our way. In 1 John 2.16, we learn this, for everything in the world, that is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, they come not from the Father, but from the world. So the old man that we still have, that we're st is still clinging to us, and will until Christ comes, or until we go be with him, um, it's still present, guys, and you're going to wrestle with the flesh. This is a reality, but we must live by the new man, which is the Spirit. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the word here, enticed, simply means to draw away or to draw out. It's, it's like a lure. For example, it's crappie season right now. The crappie are just now moving up close to the banks, and they're getting ready to spawn. And, and so right now I'm getting some guys saying, hey, man, the fishing's starting to really increase. You know, we're catching these at such and such depth. And and when it comes to fishing, like we want to use a lure that will entice a fish from where it is to attract it in order to catch it and to hook it in order that we can actually enjoy eating it. And so in the same way, you can kind of understand that what is going on here, there is enticement that is happening. And what you are being enticed with will always be gratifying to the flesh or to your pride. Um, or to the lust of your eyes. It's always going to be along those lines. And the enemy will always um, work towards that end because he can't tempt the new man because we're, the new man is the reborn man of the spirit man. It's, it's, it's regenerated. He is new. He is in Christ. The old man who is the flesh is still there. And the, the enemy always uh, works to that end. He always does this. So remember, he's going to use enticing things to what? To entice what? The lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And, and, and those are the realities that he's going to use this. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those three things are the way in which Satan will entice us through those elements, through the, through the five senses, if you will. Those are ways in which the enemy will work in our life. The word here, enticed, simply means to draw out of the right place and to draw aside out of the right way. If you're looking at this um, in relation uh, to uh, how you can pertain this to in a metaphor, it is, so a man by lust is, a, is lured from the safety of self-restraint into sin. And the enemy works in this way. When we speak about this enticement, it begins with number one, attraction. It always begins with attraction. God does not tempt us, men. It begins with our desires, and that is the flesh, that 
That's where those desires come from, and you have them still, and you will, and we have to crucify the flesh, we're told in Scripture, because the old man will rise up, and these lusts are still there. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are a reality. And Satan knows man. He knows man very, very well, and he knows how to tempt men and use the flesh of men and the lust of the flesh and the pride of men. He uses that and he tempts us in regards to those things. We see that in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Notice the attraction part. And also desirable for gaining wisdom. What we're dealing with, we're dealing with these three things. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. She took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And so along with attraction, the next aspect will be, it will be number two, the deception. Attraction first, then deception. In verse 14 of James, we read these words. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. So the dragging away aspect and enticed. And this is done through one of our senses. Um, In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. The Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, here is the deception part. Did God really say you must not eat from the tree, from any tree in the garden? Well, we know God didn't say you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden. God said you can eat from every tree of the garden except for one. So what is Satan going to do? Now he's going to he's going to deceive Eve here through the twisting of Scripture. Here's the way the, the enemy always works. Listen, there's nothing wrong, he'll say, for you to think about that as long as you don't touch it. There's nothing wrong for you to, to, to look at that as long as you don't touch it. There's not any harm, man. It's not going to do anything. There's nothing going to entrap you or ensnare you. There's no harm in this. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And here he approaches Eve. He says, well, hold on here. Did God really say this? Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Well, we know that's not the true reality. No, the woman says back to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Now listen to what he says in verse 4. He responds, You will not certainly die. How many times, guys, have you heard this run through your mind? You will hear it almost on a daily basis. There's no, That's not a big deal. Man, That's everybody does this. Oh, man, come on. There's, th- th- this is just being a human, man. That's what this is. Now listen, Satan says, you will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows, listen to what Satan has done. Oh, God's holding out on you, Eve. God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, the truth is we must know the word and have a word-shaped mind. Why are we memorizing scriptures every single week 
guys. We're doing that because we need the Word of God in our minds. Why do we get up every single morning? and open the Word of God over a cup of hot coffee and pour over God's Word and study on God's Word and meditate on God's Word. Why do we do this? Because we must have a biblical worldview and a biblically shaped mind. We have to have this because the enemy's coming and temptation is coming and you need to have this truth at your disposal because the enemy can twist Scripture, trust me. He's done it a lot of times and will continue to do that. So here we see this, that attraction and deception obstruct our view. They obstruct our view. Once we have the attraction that appeals to the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, and to our pride, and then we are deceived, we are now unable to see things clearly whatsoever. That's why we do not need to be deceived. We know what the Word of God says, and we prepare our minds for action. You know, when we read about the significance of, of physical training, in fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, um, 7 through 8, we learn this, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas or over, or, or over old wives' tales. Instead, it says, train yourselves to be godly. That word train is the word that we get the word gymnasium from. And it literally is to train with one's full effort, like when working out intensely with full physical and emotional force. And Paul goes on and says this, hey, physical training is good in verse 8. He's not denying the fact that there is, there is real value in physical training. And guys, that's why we're training our bodies, because these three elements are very significant. Our mind our spirit, and our body. They must be trained. They must be brought under control. They must serve us, and they must ultimately serve our king. And so we're not denying that training has great value. In fact, physical training is good. But training for godliness, Paul says, is much better. And here's the reason. Because of the promising benefits in this life and also in the life to come. And so as we see how the enemy's working here, we, we are equipping our minds. Um, we are equipping our bodies, and we're going to have control over our bodies. We're going to be under self-control. That's what we're going to be. And then we're going to have the spiritual disciplines to, to know the Word of God, to study the Word of God, to have our minds renewed and be transformed uh, as the Word of God washes it and renews it as we study it and gets us in a right place and a right way to think, especially in this crazy, depraved, sick society that we live in. This is what we must understand and what we must know. That's why this podcast exists, because of the reality of what every single man out there is truly facing in his life right now, this day, is the reality of truth and why we exist here at this podcast. And so we know that this attraction and deception will now begin to obstruct our way of seeing. We won't see things correctly and we got to be able to know and see things correctly. The third thing that we're going to notice that's going to happen next is there's going to be a preoccupation. This will happen in your mind. You'll see it begin to happen. Not only does it begin with attraction, it obviously begins with attraction. But it moves its way through this pattern and through this cycle. 
and it's going to now give its way to something else. It's going to be moving. It's going to be growing. It's going to be maturing. It moves to deception. And then once the enemy deceives us in the attraction, now we're not able to see clear. Now we're starting to have a preoccupation with the temptation. What is the temptation? Guys, it can be many things. But you'll notice now you begin to preoccupy your mind with this temptation. It's there. It's, it's not just a passing fleeting thought. It's actually parked in the, the, the parking lot of your mind, and now there's a preoccupation with it. It becomes the quarter close to the eye kind of thing. We cannot see anything else or even see correctly at this point. Our minds become confused and focused on it. We think about it. We play it out in our minds. It, it's, it's beginning to have a life cycle now. We begin to play it out in our minds. If you start playing out a temptation in your mind, you already know that you're already well on your way for birth to conceive. I mean, conception has happened, and now we have birth that's on its way. You can be guaranteed this is happening. So if right now you're struggling with something, there's a temptation that's come your way, and now you've been somewhat deceived. The enemy has deceived you into thinking that, hey, this may actually be a good thing. And now you're preoccupied with this temptation. If whatever it is, if it's preoccupied thinking in your mind in relation to this temptation, you need to know right now, sir, you need to just nix this thing. And you have the power to do this in Christ Jesus. Because what is coming is going to be not only conception, but now there's going to be growth. And now there's going to eventually become birth of this thing. And when it gives birth, it's going to give life to, I'm telling you, the Bible's true, to destruction and death in your life. Every single time Satan has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you need to be able to recognize what is going on in your life, even at this very moment. So not only are you playing out the scenario in your mind, whatever this temptation is, but now possibly you begin to justify it. You're beginning to come up with reasons why you're justified in, in, in pursuing this or allowing this in your life. We can speak of even pornography, for example. Um, we can speak about adultery. We can speak about um, all kinds of things. There's, there's many of them. At this point, the person overlooks the price or what it's going to cost them, and they just see the pleasure. They just see the pleasure. See, Satan doesn't want you to focus on the cost. He wants you to focus on the pleasure, kind of like when you go buy a new truck. <laughs> they don't want you to think about what this thing's costing you. They want you to get in it. They want you to set down in it. They want you to touch the buttons and turn it on and, and it just be in awe over the new technology and the leather seats and the sunroof in your truck and if you even have one. I mean, it's got all the bells and all the whistles and then they say, hey, 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 why don't you go take this baby for a spin? There's a reason they do that. You just got out of your old 20-some-year-old truck and you crawling into this brand-new baby. And I mean now you started up. I'm a diesel guy. I love diesel motors and trucks. And so 
Um, my trucks, I drive pickups with diesel motors, and man, you fire that baby up, and oh, it sounds so good, and there's no rattles going on from your old pickup, and you don't have worn out seats and broken uh, broken things within the, the 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 cab of the truck, and the doors don't rattle, and I mean, oh, you put it in gear, and you take off driving, and man, it is sweet. It is sweet. And you're not even thinking right at the moment about the cost of this thing. You pull back in and the salesman, Slick Willie, he comes along and boy, he knows exactly how to get this deal rolling. And uh, he's not going to tell you what you're paying for the truck. He just says, how much can you afford? Well, I, I can afford X, Y, and Z. Well, let's get you in this baby for 60 months or 72 months, and we'll get you in for that payment. You'll do that, won't you? Will that work for you? Well, yeah, yeah, that'll work great. And we'll even give you nothing <laughs> for your trade-in. And what do you do? You don't think about the actual cost of what you're paying for that truck. You just enjoy the pleasure of it. And that's what Satan always does, guys. I have counseled in numerous marriages and men in the 20-some years of ministry that I've been in. And let me tell you something. This framework that Satan operates in is real. And I can't tell you the number of people that I have sat down with and counseled who have been right here. And they begin to have a preoccupation with this sin. And they begin to focus on it. And they begin to, 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 to play it out in their mind. And they begin to justify it. And before long, they begin to focus on the pleasure of what this would be. I mean, I'm unhappy in my marriage. I mean, you know, I probably chose the wrong woman. Or, or my goodness, I mean, she's way prettier than, than my wife. And, and you get all these things going on. And Satan is just smacking the tar out of you. And before long, you're focusing on the pleasure. Because what is he doing? He's appealing to the lust of your eyes and flesh and your pride man that's why we got to crucify the old stinking man because it always leads to death every element does it never leads you to god it always leads you to weakness and to death always does that's why when you don't feel like working out what do you do you suck it up man you say i'm gonna work out today because i don't want to the most that's the day you get up and you get it done because you are overriding the will of your stinking flesh who wants ease and comfort. That's all it wants. You don't give it what it wants. You give it what it needs. Get off the couch, man. Start running, exercising, lifting. Take control over your body. Because you don't even realize the, the real significant aspect of having control over your body. Why? Because the enemy's temptations will relate to the flesh and the body. That's what's happening. And if you can't tell your body no when it needs to be told no, and you can't tell your mind no when the thoughts come racing through and all of this stuff begins to happen, listen, you're set up for failure. We got to discipline our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. We discipline them. We are training we're training these things. Why? Because when the test comes, we're going to stand against the test. And we're going to do it with victory, man. Victory. We're going to do it with victory. And so now what we see is going on here is now there's this pleasure aspect of it, man. 
You're never going to be tempted with something that doesn't bring pleasure or doesn't appeal to the pride of a man or, or to the lust of the flesh or eyes. These are things that the enemy will tempt you with. And now they're focused on pleasure. They're not thinking, man. I can't tell you the number of guys that I've counseled that they have wrecked their entire life by a decision of pleasure. They didn't count the cost. I can't. They don't ever say, well, I wish I never would have done it. They don't ever say, I, well, I'm glad I did it. They always say, man, I wish I could go back to that moment and I could stop what I was doing. It's the way it always is. But the enemy never wants you to see the cost because, listen, this is the truth about sin. Satan will, 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 will take you further than you want to go. He'll keep you there longer than you ever wanted to stay. And it'll cost you more than you ever dreamed it would cost you. And some of these decisions that are made in these moments are life-altering. And they will affect many, many people for many years of their life. So once we have a preoccupation with it, number four, it moves into conception. The desire has conceived and it takes life now. Now it takes on a life of its own. The temptation is given legs, and life is given to it. At this point, the natural progression will be growth until birth takes place. Now, for, for, in my, for many years in the past, um, I was really passionate about genetics, especially within um, the cattle industry. And so I was very privileged at a very young age, right out of college, to go work at an embryo transfer clinic and uh, to get my feet wet really in to not only embryo transfer, but into uh, the genetics aspect. And, of course, a lot of that would be artificial insemination and, and setting cows up and super ovulation and all of those really incredible things. But what was fascinating to me is when we would flush these embryos out of cows, um, they would normally be anywhere from six to seven days old. And those, those cows would have been bred uh, on their heat cycle through artificial insemination. So we would have bred them artificially. And then about six or seven days later, we flushed these embryos or embryo out of a cow. And then we would take this solution that we flushed from the ovaries out and we would bring it and put it into a Petri dish in the lab. Um, and then that Petri dish would contain all of the fluid that would have come out of those ovaries by the flushing of the saline out. And then the embryos would have come out, or embryo, depending on whether it's a single or multiple uh, eggs through ovulation. They would be brought into this liquid, and then we would take the liquid, put them in a Petri dish, and then we would get under the microscope, and we would begin now to look for embryos. And then you could look, if, it's a, if it was a... A single, you're hoping that this thing was fertilized and, and that it's a healthy embryo, and then you're able to load it up, either freeze it, load it up, or, or um, and put it in another cow. But what we were looking for is we're looking for embryos that were good quality, that were fertilized, and then we can use these either today in some recip cows or freeze them or whatever. There's some options with it. But what's fascinating to me is at six or seven days of age, Already, this embryo has multiple cell divisions in it. And that little embryo has life. See, life begins at conception. And here's the thing about what Satan does in our life. He wants this temptation to get to the point 
where it has life, where it's conceived in man. Because now it's got life and his growth and that potential now for birth is well underway. And so you can take that embryo and you could stick it in a cow of even a different, whatever cow, whatever you want to use for a recip cow. And of course, she needs to be right in her cycle as well. But you implant that embryo in whatever ovary inside that she's actually ovulated on. And what's incredible is nine months later, if everything works right, what's amazing is, is you're going to have that particular calf born from that cow. And it began with conception. That's what it began with. And see, following conception, there will be action. There's going to be action because life has movement. Everything that has life grows, and the enemy knows this. We do not want to allow the enemy with temptation in our life we must be the gatekeeper, and we have to stop this thing before it ever gains conception in us as men. Stop it. Don't let it grow. Do not allow yourself to be preoccupied with it. If it's sin, you need to just get it out. Do not fall into these temptations because they ultimately will have life. And once they have life, what we learn here from James is, James says, once it's conceived, it says, it gives birth to sin. When it is full grown, notice, it doesn't just stop at the birth of sin. This life gets bigger and now it grows. And when it grows up, it now gives birth to death. To death probably several of you listening to this podcast that can identify with this you're like man I wish I would have known this I wish I could have been aware of this that when the enemy begins to to appeal to my flesh and these temptations and these thoughts begin to come my way or maybe even uh, I'm actually offered something and it's a temptation but it's not of God you have to immediately say no no I will not allow myself there. I'm not, I'm not allowing it. What is this called, guys? It is about building fences in your life. Now, I've built a lot of fence in my life. And, and, and let me tell you something. Fences draw lines of distinct ownership. They also keep things in that need to be kept in. And they keep the stinking things out that don't need to be in. And that's the element of these disciplines. That's why we focus on our minds so much. That's why we focus on the scripture so much. That's why we do the physical training. Why? It's all about discipline and us being self-controlled men of God. That's what we need to be. And that's what mature men are. That's what gritty men of God are. They're self-controlled. They're self-controlled men. And they're controlled by what? Christ. They're controlled by Christ, His Word, through the Spirit of God. And so action is the next process in this entire temptation. Action happens. Notice now, after conception, action happens. Birth, if you will, but notice, not to life 
it gives birth to death. So what is born is actually a sad thing. See, birth is always supposed to be something that brings life. Always. Remember when your kids were born? How incredible that was? How you have conception. You go through the long nine-month journey with your wife. You're, you're seeing the child grow in the womb. You've seen the ultrasound. You've, you don't know who or what it'll be yet, but you're so excited because it's living, it's alive. And then what? It's time for the delivery, and, and, and then the, the child is born, and it is a living, breathing, healthy creation of God. It's, it is incredible. But see, with temptation and the way the enemy works, the, the deception is this. See, you think it's going to bring life to you. You think, oh, man, if I could just have that or, or that, oh, man. Listen, it doesn't. It's a stillborn it's stillborn. <laughs> It'll have no life in it, man. And there's nothing sadder for parents than to deliver what should have been life, a child with life in it, and a future of living, and all the, the hope of what that child's life will bring, not only for the parents, but for that life in general, but for parents to have to give birth to a stillborn child. That is tragic. Because that's not the way it's supposed to be. But see, with the enemy, it'll always give a stillborn birth every single time. It gives birth to death. Not what men think it will be. It's a snare. It's always the lie, the lure, and the lair. It's the way the enemy always works, guys. And once this thing gives way and it's conceived... There's some elements that are taking place and some realities that are going on. And once it begins to get some steam and some life in it, man, all of a sudden you haven't done it yet, but oh man, it's coming. You will if you're here. If you don't jerk back on these reins, man, there's no stopping this thing. And once you get to this point, men are not able to see correctly anymore. The temptation is overwhelming to them. They love what they're seeing. They're, they're, they're enticed with it. They want it. They desire it. And once it's given life, then we see the action. And the man actually follows through with that temptation in sin. And it is a stillborn death at the end. Do not be deceived, James says. Do not be deceived, man. Guys, I don't want you to be deceived. I want you to realize that we have a real enemy. There's no doubt about that. We realize we're going to face temptation. That's a reality, living in a fallen world. And the enemy wants nothing more than to kill, steal, and destroy in our life. He can't take our position of being in Christ, but he can snatch away your testimony. He can affect your children. He can wreck your marriage if you allow him. He can destroy so much in your life, but we have to allow that to happen. But we're not going to do that. Why? Because when temptation comes, we understand that it will always begin with attraction. It will move to deception. It makes way from deception to the preoccupation. From preoccupation, there is conception. From conception, there is action. And then from there, there is death. We are not going to allow that to happen in our lives because we are not men who are deceived, but we are men of God, gritty men of God. So I hope maybe this is encouraging to you guys today. 
We know there is a life cycle to this, but we also know that the enemy always, always appeals to the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, and to the pride of men, to our pride. Those are the ways in which he will do this. Do not be deceived. Here's some application, guys. Recognize the life cycle. Recognize the cycle and the enemy's patterns so that one can see what is going on. We need to be alert. We need to be aware for your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, Peter tells us, seeking someone to devour. This isn't a game. This is real. You need to recognize the enemy's pattern, and you need to also recognize the life cycle of temptation and stop it the very moment the attraction comes. You put it to death immediately. Don't let it move on from there. And then you will live in life-giving truth and reality. Jesus came to give us life. The enemy has came. The enemy came to what? To kill, steal, and destroy. When we walk by these principles, guys, you will live a life that is blessed. You'll live a life that is blessed. You will be tempted. You'll be tempted today. These are a reality of living in a fallen world with an enemy that is pertaining to our flesh. We must crucify the flesh. Number two, remember to keep your brain engaged. Keep your mind engaged. We're training. We're hardening our mind. There's a lot of people that are just numb today. They're numb, dumb, and drum today. They're just droned out, man. We are not that. We are men who are engaged. Our minds, our faculties, we are fully engaged. We're aware. Number three, rejoice daily in the gratitude that you have of the new birth of being in Christ Jesus. Have gratitude. Be thanking God daily for your salvation. Remind yourself of who you belong to. Remind yourself that you are the king's kid, man. You belong to Christ, who is our brother, who is our king. But you belong to the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and you're part of his kingdom. You don't belong to the kingdom of the world. you got to remind yourself of this every single day. We have a king, and his name is Jesus. And we serve the king. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, guys, we're going to close with this today. Paul the Apostle writes these words. The temptation in your life, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Listen. He will not allow you the temptation, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Here's the reason, guys. Because when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. He has already showed us the way of escape. He's provided it for us. We don't have to do this. We don't have to give in to it. Because he has provided us a way of escape. And we are responsible for doing that element. He's provided us what? We are in Christ. We are men that have been reborn of the Spirit. We have the tools. We have the power. We are not slaves to sin, guys. 
We have been set free from the slavery of sin. It no longer has mastery over us, it says in Romans. No, we don't have mastery uh, of, of sin over our life anymore because Christ has set us free from that slavery. Now, you could fall into sin. You could choose to sin, but it doesn't master your life. So he's provided a way for escape, and Christ is the one who has given us the power and the authority and the way in which we should live our lives in order that we do not have to succumb to the evil temptations in our life, and we can live a life of victory. So guys, I hope today that this will give you some encouragement. Some of you may be right there. Some of you may be at different aspects of the temptation. And if you're anywhere along this line, you need to stop it now. God has provided a way out. You need to get out of it now. Don't go there because it will always bring death. It will never bring life. And Satan will always take you further than you want to go. He'll keep you there longer than you ever intended to stay. And it will, sir, it will cost you far more than you ever, ever, ever intended to pay. So guys, I just want to encourage you as God's men living God's way for God's glory, stay gritty and keep after the disciplines of our life. Shore up our minds, gird up our our minds, man, sharpen your minds, sharpen your spirit, sharpen your flesh, man, stay after it and live self-controlled godly lives in this present day. God bless you guys. Until next time, stay gritty.